Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Listen to the Nerds with Mythos Unit. My name is Chris, and tonight I'm going to be joined by the usual players, starting from the top of the channel, going downwards. Uh, hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing Quincy Adams. Uh, uh, hello, I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Adam Lavender. Uh, I'm Harry, and I'll be playing Franklin Blackmore. I'm John, I'll be playing Antonius Megalos, uh, a.k.a. Tony. Yeah, and as for current events, basically this is the first episode that we are recording online due to real-world events uh, forcing us to remain home and social distance, as opposed to being able to meet up in person. So, might change a couple of things about how the game sounds, but otherwise it hopefully will be okay. So we'll see how things go. Can't sound worse than the first episode of uh, Heroes that we recorded online. Mm, okay. And whose fault was that? Um, I'm going to blame Logitech. Okay. Well, now we're not going to get sponsored, John. So thanks a lot. I wanted free mice. Hey, we can still get Razor. <laughs> we have to use more MLG terms. Mm. Well, oh, we talked about the patch notes. Quincy mm. is going to go mid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Qu- yeah, Quincy, Quincy is now an AD carry. I, I think that's what the term is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with uh, the new game patch, I think that suits Quincy's character build. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh, yeah, why don't we get started? Because last we left off, you guys were involved in a huge combat scenario with an enraged uh, Francis Montague, the vampire, as you guys successfully carried out a raid against his uh, gala and all of his guests. So the SWAT team was able to essentially deal with all of the thralls getting converted while you guys went toe-to-toe with Francis himself. And you were able to put down the vampire and bring him into custody. Can you remind me, were all of the guests all of those old men thralls at the party, or were there some that were just normal humans? Nope, they were all thralls uh, from the looks of things. That makes things a lot easier. Yep, so basically... Steak for you, steak for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, anyway, uh, you guys, very exhausted after the hard fight that you just had. Essentially, um, you guys were told that you could go home and get some rest before coming into work the next day, while uh, Hightower would be involved with essentially cleaning everything up, getting everybody processed, because... It looks like uh, things were going to get chaotic given the high positions so many of these people had. So we start off in the morning and I think we're going to go to Adam Lavender's house. So Adam, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that your alarm goes off and you wake up and you can actually hear some music coming from your kitchen. It sounds like Mexican salsa music almost. Hmm, okay, that's interesting. I guess I know who's in there. Uh, what yeah. was her name again? Uh, Sophie. Sophie. Hmm, sounds like someone's in a good mood. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess we probably put cardboard and stuff over the windows in the kitchen so she can be in there. Yeah. So okay. you check out the um, yeah the window of your room, and sure enough, it is the sun is coming up. Uh, it is about 7 in the morning or so. Right. Okay, right on time. Uh, yeah. I guess... 
I gotta get to work eventually, but uh, uh-huh. I'll go in the kitchen and see what's going on. Okay, so yeah, um, sure enough, the music gets louder as you head downstairs, and the smells of, like, all different kinds of spices are hitting your nostrils, and as you go into the kitchen, the sounds of sizzling greets your ears as Sophie is standing at the oven, uh, sort of listening to salsa music cranked up full blast as she's making what appear to be quesadillas on the oven. Oh, uh, so Adam's gonna walk in, maybe a little bleary-eyed. Uh, yep. Uh, morning, Sophie. Sorry, I didn't check in oh. last night. We had a kind of a, a very, very busy evening. This smells ah, so- delicious. Ah, sorry, right, Gov. Ah, just making myself a bit of dinner before going to bed. And so, with that, uh, uh, made a couple extra for you. You in the mood for some uh, quesadillas? Oh, always. Uh, this oh, awesome. looks amazing. Hey, I'll figure. You know, uh, breakfast for you, dinner for me. Uh, here you go. And so, yeah, she gets a plate set up, and you've got some what appear to be uh, chicken quesadillas, and you think that hers look identical to yours, but then you also see um, what appears to be like a coffee mug with a jokey slogan on it, but the inside seems a little too red to be coffee. Right, it looks almost the exact shade as the, like, rabbit blood that I've been providing for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. Right. Sorry, Chris, could you just remind me? Vampires in our universe don't gain sustenance from food, but do gain like enjoyment from it, right? No, they do still require food. Oh, okay then. Yeah. They need uh food, liquid sleep, but in addition to all the normal human stuff, they also need blood. Ah. So I guess yeah. well, I mean I I've always been a fan of uh, breakfast for dinner, but I guess dinner for breakfast is uh, just as good. Thank you. All right. So the two of you settle down, and she begins cutting into her stuff. Now, here's what I want to know. See, you were coming in a little late last night. I want to know, did you manage to take down that vampire that you all were talking about? Wouldn't believe the absolute mess that it was. I mean, maybe you would. Uh, You know what these... (laughs) (sighs) This The absolute audacity of that bastard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, now you understand why vampires might be such a big deal among some people. What was their I mean, abilities and all that? I'd heard the stories, of course, but yes, we were in the top floor of a, a very ritzy apartment building. There was maybe oh. 30, 40 thralls in addition to uh, the Lord himself. Uh, it was quite a mess. But in the end, yes, we did manage to get him into custody. I assume most of today is going to be taken up by paperwork and maybe an interrogation. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Well, You wouldn't um, be, be able to, to tell me anything about this. I mean, I mean, I know we've talked about him before, but do you have any questions that you would want to ask with your unique uh, perspective? And uh, she takes a bite of her quesadilla at one point, sort of like brown her brow furrowing in thought as she chews for a minute, then I think, yeah, to be honest, there ain't really much I could ask him that I'd be interested in. See, my priority is the moment is one of my friend Boris, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want... hmm? Of course, yes, your friend will... I'm still... That's still a priority for me. I haven't forgotten. I'll see to it that you don't, but uh, yeah... I mean, if there's stuff that you want to ask him, just try and maybe figure out what his old thing is. You can go ahead with that. But uh, I was also hoping to ask, did you have a chance to use any of your vampire powers that you uh, got a hold of? Oh, yes. Yes, the uh, enhanced speed and the enhanced strength uh, Uh are quite nice. Uh, I must say, I am very much enjoying uh, having those at my disposal. So thank you for being uh, so accommodating in this matter. 
Uh, she points you a pair of finger guns at that. Mythos unit and the London police force as a whole, uh, of course, uh, I'm sure you already know, is very, very thankful for your cooperation. She gives a bit of a shrug. Well, I mean, I'm just doing what I can and all that. Uh, but, uh, hey, as long as you help me find my mate, I'll keep helping you out with this. And we can uh, figure out what's going on with the whole McCarthy family so this don't happen again. Of course. Yes, and Adam's going to look at his watch. Oh, okay, I've got to get out, but thanks. Thank you for these. And he's going to yeah, throw no a problem. Yeah. He doesn't run out the door. All right, you take care of yourself. I'm heading to bed. I mean, I'll probably see you when uh, our situations are reversed and you're t- turning in for the night. But, uh, yeah, uh, you take it easy today. Yeah, see you tonight, or uh, I guess uh, this morning, or whatever. Uh, bye. Okay, she gives you a wave as you head out the door. And I think the other fellow that we can focus on is um, Tony. So, John. Yep. I understand that Tony, you said that he currently has a residence in uh, Mythtown itself proper? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he was... Tony was a member of, the of like, the town guard before he was transferred to the Mythos Young, so... Right. He lives in Mythtown. Cool. Okay, so why don't you describe your living arrangements? Like, do you have any idea of what sort of place uh, Tony will be living in? Like, what his house looks like? Uh, I mean... Uh, while Tony, like, does have his, like, portable stuff, he probably has an actual, like, full forge set up uh-huh. at his place, um, for him to work on stuff. Um, he has, uh, other than that, it's pretty simple, you know. Uh, the entire house is actually just one piece of brass that he's managed to fit into a home. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, he has, like, a... He forges his way out of bed. He, he's... <laughs> Forge himself into a into a brass bed, and he wakes up by hammering the end and then unfolding it, then hammering it back into place. Wakes up, hammers out a pan, hammers out some eggs. No, he has like a, a normal like like kitchen setup. He has you know like well, except it's but, bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, everything is sized like bigger, like more appropriately for him. You know, uh huh. Doesn't own any oven mitts because he's fire resistant. Right. Um, oven, yeah, doesn't even, oven doven doesn't even have a door. <laughs> no, it still needs a door. I got to keep the temperature in. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a furnace. <laughs> it's a forge and pizza stone oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah the, it's all just one apparatus. He just it, 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 it saves space. Yeah. Uh huh. But no, so, no, he, 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 like, I, I'm not sure exactly what the like how the like building style is in Mythtown. Hmm. But he, he would probably keep things pretty simple. He's not, like... He's a pretty simple guy. Yep. He, he, he enjoys his foraging, and he is, you know... Hmm. Okay, so uh, you wake up, head out into the kitchen, and you can immediately see that... Okay, some brownies have gotten into your house again. Uh, specifically, um, brownies, according to fo- folklore, are a, a type of fairy involved with household tasks. Basically, while people are asleep, they come into the house and kind of sweep up, put things away, and just clean and basically do stuff like that. But as you come into the house, uh, you can see that they look a little bit different from the classic interpretation of a fairy. They more resemble, like, they're about the size of a softball and kind of resemble a brown version of cousin it from the adams family with a pair of small yellow eyes uh poking out of there 
Um, they're small, quite adorable, and they kind of just vibrate across the floor like a Roomba to sweep up uh, everything in their path and stuff like that. Okay. Um... And it looks like a couple of them have gotten into your house in the middle of the night again and have, yeah, pretty much swept the place clean. What, what's like the, the the standard practice for dealing with uh, them being in one's house? Uh, basically, although the, some people can consider them a nuisance if they go into places they're not supposed to, generally you don't want to get them upset, so you just give them a small bit of thank you, like um, a bowl of milk or a piece of food, and just basically uh, let them leave immediately after. Yeah, he'll put out some food and then... Like, okay. Go to make himself breakfast. And uh, yeah, they immediately spin around as you set some food down. At, uh, what'd you set out? A bit of bread or some meat or things like that? Yeah, probably like a bit of bread and a little bit of milk. You know? Okay, you put out a saucer of milk and some bread, and they immediately spin around and they let out a... <laughs> and uh, zoom over and immediately begin vibrating over it. And soon enough, it is reduced to crumbs and a few drops at the bottom of the bowl. And one of them just lets out a... <laughs> And then they all just zoom out of the front door. They are surprisingly fast, despite their small size. And yeah, as you begin prepping your breakfast once again, you hear a knock uh, from your doorframe, like, uh... Hello? Um, Tony, you home? Uh, yes. Uh... Yeah, it is uh, Hespro, the captain of the town guard and your former boss before you were transferred over to Mythos Unit proper. Uh, hello, Captain. Yeah, um... Do you happen to have a moment? May I come in? Uh, of course. Would you like to join me for breakfast? Well, I don't see why not. And so he uh, stoops slightly under the doorframe. Being a centaur, he is quite tall. But um, I'm actually, I'm going to say he doesn't because it's your doorframe, so it's actually built very well to his size. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he comes in, just qu- sort of squats down a bit and just, flump, you know, uh, flumps down sitting on the ground as a horse does uh, while he sort of waits patiently at the table. I wanted to check with you regarding your new job over at, uh, well, in London, specifically at Scotland Yard. Oh, yes. Uh, interesting first day. Uh, uh-huh. Fought a vampire in an army of thralls. And it seems as though you made it out in one piece. Good on you. Well, I mean, there was a reason I suggested you for the position. Fact is, among the town guard, you are one of our most capable members, so figured no one better to... You know, uh, spend some time with the humans, see how things go. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, everything seems to be all right, though. I don't know why the all their equipment seems very substandard. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yes. Uh, apparently, they, they've been getting some work done from the dwarves, but right. uh, most of their vehicles are very small. Oh. Uh, and they, uh, they, they don't even have an in-house... Uh, uh, forge to, to, to fix their, their equipment with. Well, was... who do they go to when their swords get dull? Uh, they, they have a, a requisitioner who uh-huh. I, I understand just buys things for them. And then so can... wait, their swords get dull and they just buy new ones as opposed to sharpening them themselves? I, I didn't see any swords. I, I, I assume that they have they, they have these uh... actually did, did, did Tony see anybody use a gun the entire time? Um, I'm going to say that uh, the SWAT team was equipped with guns and stuff and that they were checking their firearms in the back alley while, you know, you were preparing for the raid and everything. Yeah, but he, he didn't actually see anybody use a gun. Um, not really. They, um, basically, they wanted to use guns as a last resort during the raid. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so, tell me, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how, how they all carried these 
guns, but the, he never saw them being used. They mostly seem to uh, use small clubs and large shields to, to bludgeon their enemies into mm. submission. Those without uh, use of myth powers. Right. Well, uh, well, it sounds as though they'll be good to have you on hand. If you can get them some actually decent weapons for a change, then yeah, who knows? We might just survive whatever it is that's going on at, uh, right now, but... I also wanted to speak to you about something else as well, Tony. Um, I've heard that while some myths uh, were basically going about London right now, there are a few of them that have encountered a bit of suspicion from some people. Apparently with the blackout that occurred a few nights ago and all of the mist that went rampaging through the streets, a few people are starting to get scared and a little apprehensive around anybody that isn't a human. So I just wanted to ask if you've experienced anything like that yourself. Oh no, all of the, the people I've met have been very accommodating. Good, uh, they, good. They shared food with me oh. uh, together, and uh, we, we worked in harmony during a glorious battle. <laughs> if it wasn't for current events, I'd say it was the best sort of first day you could ask for. Well, that said, just... I mean, keep an eye out, and um, basically, if anything were to happen or you notice anything a bit odd, come speak to me. I want to make sure that all my men are taken care of. Oh, uh, thank you, sir, but I, uh, I think I can handle things on my own. I, uh... If you couldn't, I wouldn't have recommended you for the job. Now, all right then. So, what do we got on the menu for today? Uh, I, I actually don't know what, what Tony would specifically be serving. Probably some sort of egg and Mm. To- like eggs and toast, basically. All right. But, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say unfertilized griffin eggs, and um, yeah, you've got a huge round of bread as well that you uh, slice a couple thick slices off of, and soon enough, uh, you know, you crack the eggs into a massive skillet, and soon enough, um, you've got a bunch of sunny side up eggs, and uh, you know, a few trenchers of toast. I would hope most people eat unfertilized eggs. <laughs> well, um, it is Myth Town, so. There are a few obscure myths that have a taste for, you know, um, a little extra protein with their eggs, so to speak. Uh, hey, cultures from all around the world, don't judge. They like their eggs extra crunchy, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Fucking ghouls. Mm-mm, exactly. Can't eat, I can't eat it if it's got bones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want that crunch. Uh-huh. So, uh, with that, I'm going to say that we'll skip ahead just a little bit, and once everybody's taking care of things in the morning... You find yourselves back at Scotland Yard, all of you. And as you head in through the front door, it is a bustling scene of activity. Like, people are running to and fro, passing papers off to each other. It looks like nobody is taking a rest. Like, even as you go into the main area, Fitz and Pepper both have stacks of paper in front of them. And they are working at a speed that you wouldn't have thought possible of the two of them. But uh, looking around, it seems as though nobody here has had an easy night of things, and everyone looks to be a little bit more tired than usual, at the very least. A couple people are visibly exhausted. I mean, there were so many intakes last night, I can't even imagine what it was like to work at a desk. Well, so many intakes with all a bunch of lawyers at their beck and call. Mm. (laughs) Can I say um, that when Blackmore went back um, to Scotland Yard to make sure that the the sword was uh, put in the evidence locker, that he at least Uh, warned them that something like this was going to happen? Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, you go and, um, 
yeah, I'm going to say that you head over and look for Hightower, who was involved with, you know, basically overseeing this whole thing. And so Hightower is at uh, essentially the break room and he's in front of the coffee pot. And so, yeah, he looks as though he's fixing himself a mug. Uh, Hightower? Uh, he turns around at that and you see his face. And oh, my God, you the bags under his eyes um, are the biggest and the blackest you have ever seen them. He looks as though he has not slept at all and he just uh, gives you a wave and morning. How uh, <clears throat> how are you doing to, uh, today uh, Blackmore? Uh, good. Uh. You're alright, sir. I, uh. I usually when you start to look a bit like me, I start to worry a bit. Well, uh, just uh, <clears throat> a little bit busy. Given uh, all the individuals that we apprehended last night, a whole bunch of important people, many of whom work for City Hall, you know, being, as it turns out, corrupt, not just corrupt officials who were embezzling funds, but they were doing it as tributes for a vampire because they were going to be made into members of a court or something. So, uh, a little bit more paperwork than usual. And um, he's been pouring, like, the pot into the cup, but now it's overflowing and visibly, like, trickling down onto the carpet below, but it, he doesn't seem to have noticed. So Blackboard's just gonna, like, reach out with, like, a thing and just tip the coffee pot, like, back up. So, oh. Mm. Yeah, let me straighten that out. He just uh, pulls the mug up, and in one straight pull, like, not even worrying about the steam that's visibly wafting off of it, he just downs the entire mug and... Ah, well, that'll keep me going. Now, mm. uh, what were uh, what were we talking about just now? Uh, the fact that you should probably get some sleep. Uh, soon enough. Uh, you know, can sleep when I'm dead and all that. But uh, now, uh, as for everything that's been going on, um, there are a few things that I should speak to you all about. Uh, specifically, some breakthroughs that we've made before getting to some other matters. Um first and so as he comes out he you know sees the rest of the team and morning all how'd you sleep last night um fine. Uh, fairly well sir good good <sighs> good job and, well done and all that uh-huh well couldn't have done it without all of you folks um now there are a few things that i want to discuss with all of you uh basically uh the board actually wishes to speak with you in a for a meeting in a little bit regarding your actions over the past while and the breakthrough that you made last night they want to talk to you about a budget increase uh, well i feel like we should be honored <laughs> yeah well uh which is all well and good but before we get to that there are a few things that i needed to discuss with you now oh that reminds me uh so blackmore is going to go over to a uh, big thing of papers sort of flip through it and pull out a uh, book and then he's going to hand it to uh, Tony and Tony you see the book and it is the Scotland Yard's Manual of Standard Operating Procedures I realize this might not have gotten passed along to you during your orientation all things considered but probably a good idea to flip through it before we go through the board yes uh, regarding the anvil that is something else that the board wanted to discuss uh you know had a bit of paperwork that uh i was able to pass on to our lovely assistant miss barber and so at this you guys also hear some noises from behind you and you see the assistant that you hired i believe um i believe her name was jennifer barber uh, but yeah, she's the young lady that you guys hired to take care of your paperwork for you. And she is staggering along with a stack of papers that literally obscures her face. Uh, she's sort of like 
staggering her way through the chaos around her as she's just carrying this stack of paperwork over to her desk and with a flump she sets it down pulls some papers out and yeah she looks even more disheveled than uh yeah than Hightower if at all possible and nevertheless she just gives you kind of a bleary eyed smile and wave before getting back to work Hightower continue I'm going to uh pour a cup of coffee for her and just sort of like set it on her desk ah yeah um she you uh, take it over and Oh, much appreciated, love. And so she takes it, and you can already see she's vibrating a little bit as though she's powered by pure caffeine as she downs the cup. Then she continues writing stuff out, even vibrating even harder than before. But uh, now, as for matters that I should discuss in regards to last night, because a number of members of City Hall uh, have been discovered to be thralls, they've effectively been relieved of duty. So City Hall is currently scrambling... Uh, to try and find ways to speak to the press about the ensuing uproar that this is going to cause to dis- to discuss what they're going to say to the civilians and the taxpayers. They're discussing how they're going to manage the departments, but despite all of these new absences, uh, there is one individual in City Hall who wished to express her thanks. I believe she's in the next room over, one Miss Genevieve Helms, as it were. Hmm. Uh, yes. Oh, her, yes. I'm a little surprised she's here and not, well, at the hospital. Well, physically she was unharmed. Uh, she, we, we we did take her to the hospital, and she did seem to be in good health, a little shaken up, of course, but nevertheless, she did want to come by uh, so she could speak to you about a few other things in case you wanted to find out more information about this, uh, what essentially went on and such. Hmm. But we also ID'd the two other individuals that were kidnapped alongside her. Uh, spe- yes, you might remember the two other hostages there that night, last night? Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, those two were, well, you might remember that our vampire, Francis Montague, had taken a special interest in them. As it turns out, they were none other than Richard and Evelyn Montague. We believe them to be not his direct descendants, but somewhere in his family tree, and uh, essentially his... uh, Sir Richard is essentially his great-nephew, several generations removed, you know, several great-great-greats and all there. Right, and therefore holders of the Montague fortune, or whatever was left of it. Exactly. Our best guess, after speaking to them, is that they were kidnapped by Leopold. Essentially, they were going to be Leopold's tribute to Sir Francis Montague. Essentially, another way to tie up any confusion that would have ensued regarding the, uh, Francis's inheritance of his properties, fortunes, titles, and everything else. Hmm. But nevertheless, uh, we di- were able to discover that about them so nevertheless that's all cleared up but as for Genevieve herself uh yeah she did have a few things that she would be willing to discuss with all of you regarding things that went on but aside from her there is one other breakthrough that we've managed to make now at this he actually takes a look around at the hubbub and he gestures all of you to follow him back into the break room uh Quincy Quincy is looking at the wall and then looks turns back at oh yes <laughs> <laughs> And as you follow him inside the break room, he closes the door and, you know, the noises outside kind of quiet a little bit. And it's regarding this. 
and he holds up that vial of that rainbow colored fluid that is constantly changing hues to like every uh you know vibrant shade of the rainbow imaginable remind me where we found this again this was in the um this was after the fight with the irish mafia who had been trying to abduct sophie the vampire this was discovered in the pocket of michael saint michael oh right okay yeah it was that strange stuff that you guys were uncertain what it was and now we discovered what this is toxicology came back with the list of its ingredients and they discovered that if this was to be imbibed by a human this would permanently awaken them and give them the ability to make pacts with myths the same ability that all of you possess Hmm. well that is very worrying how exactly would the McCarthy family have gotten into possession of such a powerful uh, item? One of two options. Either they're making it themselves or they're finding a buyer somewhere in London and they're essentially acquiring it from them. But nevertheless, if Michael St. Michael had this on hand, then obviously he was planning to give it to somebody else, possibly a lackey of his that was hoping to move up in the ranks as it were. What exactly is this stuff made out of, then, if toxicology has looked at it? <sighs> Essentially, a number of different chemicals. A uh, few parts of some types of myths. Um, parts? Par- yes. um, non-essential, um, basically, body parts, such as hey, feathers. Newton, toe, frog, and uh, all of that? Well, yes. Essentially, an old, an old world potion, in a sense. Uh, yes, maybe an eye from one type of myth, a feather from another, you know, essentially a wide mix of ingredients. Uh, several dozen were involved in this creation, I believe, but nevertheless, this is incredibly powerful stuff. Both of those options are equally frightening, but in our encounter with the McCarthy family, if I recall correctly, none of them exhibited any myth abilities. So we can assume that they themselves have not been using it. Well, uh, there was that Earth Shaper that we dealt with. Michael St. Michael, yes. Right, of course. So if but- my guess is correct, given that Michael St. Michael is one of the lieutenants in the McCarthy family, I'm guessing that this is currently circulating only with the higher-ups, but we can't exclude the possibility that they are soon enough making enough of this to pass down to some of their lower-ranked members as well. So Blackmore looks at it and says... Um, Sophie said that the McCarthys were the ones most likely responsible for kidnapping her friend, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, well, I think I know what they wanted him for, then. Mm. Yes, that is very troubling. Well, I'll leave you all to look into this matter, of course, as one of our cases, but the fact remains that we now have this on hand. We've already um, done a bit of research and determined the ingredients for the formula, and we think... With a bit of time, effort, and funding, we might be able to replicate this potion. It would be an experimental trial, of course, but we do have this one at the moment. And if you were to find any candidates among unpowered humans that you think you could give this to somebody who could aid in your work, or Scotland Yard's work as a whole, then I leave it to you to decide who the best candidate would be. Hey, you, you want to join the mythos unit? You just gotta do this myth math. Hmm. Just... Just need to inject this right into your eyeball. Uh, it seems Good to be loser. We're hunting myths. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it's... you want to be like all the cool packed users? Well, it seems as though 
the effects would take place as soon as you were to imbibe it orally. Just, you know, drink it. Hmm. Well, that's good to know, but for the meantime, let's not... Let's try and put a uh, caution to simply, you know, throwing myth drugs at people in the hope that they'll help our investigations. Noted. Perhaps for now we should keep it under lock and key. That's exactly my plan. Potent. And he takes the vial and tucks it back into his suit pocket. I'm going to uh, put this under intense lockdown for the time being. But with that aside, those are all the updates I could think of that I could provide you at this moment. There is still the matter of the meeting with the board to determine your budget. So, uh, When's that supposed to be happening? Uh, in the next hour or so before you start work proper, you can go and speak to them anytime you like. Jesus Christ, all right. That doesn't give us a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> so, um, I'll leave you all to discuss uh, anything that you think might be relevant regarding purchases you'd like to make or things uh, to discuss with the board, but nevertheless, they will be ready when you are. And so he heads out of the room. Well, I think our number one priority right now should be speaking to Genevieve. I can't imagine uh, it's pleasant for her to have been awake for so long. Yeah. I'll talk around and see if I can figure out... Uh, yeah, I'll talk to Genevieve. I was the one that interviewed her initially, so I have the most familiarity with her. Uh, other than that, discuss amongst yourselves what you'd like to talk to the board about. I'm not particularly keen on these sort of things. And uh, yeah, Blackmore will head out to uh, go talk to Genevieve. Okay, so uh, which group would you guys like to take care of first? Uh, would you like to have Blackmore talk to Genevieve first, or would the remaining three of you like to talk about the budget? Well, mm. I think we all know how well Quincy will do in the budgeting meeting. Yeah. So Quincy should definitely go to the budgeting meeting by himself. That's, mm. that's my recommendation. Yes. Quincy's um, actually just sitting there with his hand, like, tw literally twiddling his thumbs. The like, Mythos unit is getting their own records room with all records from the past 50 years. The vinyl ones. And we're also getting 600 cubic pounds of sugar. What the hell? Mm. <laughs> Not powder form either. Just cubes. It's gonna feed all the, uh, just gonna feed all the myths in our containment. Yep. <laughs> just like go in there, like just start tossing them out like somebody feeding pigeons at the park. More, more spaghetti. Mm, yes. When For, Tony, to fight vampires. When Tony uses his forge, does he actually consume raw materials? Does he have to have to like carry around pounds and pounds of like iron and steel with him at all times? Uh, you've only seen him really make small things so far, but uh, yes, he does actually require material. Hmm. Yeah, I, okay, I seem to remember we. Uh, sorry, I seem to remember when he was making those sunlight grenades. He had to like get a bunch of metal together to make them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay, well, Quincy, uh, kind of looks up and he says, well, uh, where are we off to first? Uh, well, it looks at, it looks at Adam. Me, I'm the new guy. Well, not anymore, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. right. You got responsibilities now. Uh, well, I suppose we should deal with this budgeting meeting. I, well, personally, my... Oh, I have some ideas. My, oh, good. Uh, my priority is, uh, dealing with this ongoing case of the McCarthy crime family, uh, but I suppose the administration uh, requires our attention. What were your ideas? Um, well, I was considering uh, revamping the kitchen in Scotland Yard. Um, you know, uh, maybe some of the accommodations for the myths. I, I was thinking of a large terrarium for the 
the Miramadon. It, it seems a little cooped up. Rarium. Um, sorry, am I am I using the wrong word? What's the word for like an ant farm? Um, that's, that's the a, correct word. Yeah, ter- <laughs> a terrarium works. Uh, well, yes, I suppose. No, I. No, you're right. They, we should be considering their accommodations according to their needs. Hmm. I was thinking we could also uh, maybe appropriate some budget for reconnaissance. You know, I know we have some agents within the myth community, but it seems to me like we could use more informants within the human community as well. Oh, that's I didn't think of that. Good. Well, Good. you know, with with the McCarthy crime family and everything, it seems like human myth affairs are getting only more complicated as the days go on. I agree. Good good idea, uh, Adam. Go into a budget meeting, just be like, I want to buy a confidential informant. Give me the CIs. <laughs> I want to buy snitches. <laughs> also, I will say that regarding the sheet that I gave you guys, regarding the list of budget options and stuff... I am happy to take any suggestions that you guys make and include those onto the list. Basically, you are in no means limited to whatever I gave you. I mean, yeah, Quincy's just going to ask for stuff. He's not really looking at hard numbers about anything or thinking about cost. He's just going to ask for what he thinks makes sense. See, that's the the beauty of the negotiations, that Quincy makes all these outlandish, like, things. While Adam makes a bunch of reasonable things, and while they're so busy, like, axing out all the stuff that Quincy asked for, all the stuff that Adam asked for gets approved. Mm. <laughs> kind all of a right. good cop, insane cop approach. <laughs> good, more, like, more like good cop, old cop. Mm. Old cop, yeah. So, why don't we jump over to Blackmore as you guys are talking about all this? Okay, so Blackmore, you head into a side room where you're told Genevieve is. It seems to be like, you know, a smaller sort of meeting room, and she's sort of seated off to one side. Um, Her eyes are closed, and she's just leaning her head back against the wall behind her. But as soon as you enter, her eyes snap open, and she sits up. She looks a little pale, like um, she's definitely been through a lot being kidnapped and stuff. But nevertheless, she seems surprisingly alert as uh, you enter the room. Uh, so Blackmore will come in uh, with coffee, uh, uh, and when he he, he comes and he's like, uh, "Miss Helms, how are you feeling?" Uh, well, I've had better days, but um, I understand that it could have been a lot worse had you and the rest of your team not uh, made an effort to rescue me. I'm quite surprised. Uh, usually, I think that you'd probably want to be you know, getting some rest or something like that. Have you been here all night? Well, yeah, essentially, yes. They had some questions that they wanted to ask me. I went to the medical bay. They gave me a few examinations to ensure that I had not been injected with anything or undergone any sort of strange treatment, but I seem to be in good physical health. And finally, I've been waiting here for the last few hours... So I could speak with your team regarding essentially what I underwent and a few things that I noticed. Uh, What did you want to talk about? Well, specifically what had happened regarding uh, Francis Montague and the nature of why he had me essentially revoke that bill that I had been proposing regarding the redesign and improvements uh, to our city's sewer system. Right. We uh, we never really established why he was so keen on that. Mm. Well, 
He'd come to me the night after Ronald Lake was murdered. This is the first time I met him. And he spoke to me about the fact that he had my assistant killed and that if I was unable to help him in regards to shutting down the sewer projects, then he would ensure that my family would be next. And as you might remember after that, I was became a little mm, reclusive from the public eye, you might say. Yes, we uh, we ran into a bit of that, but it's yes. good to see that that's passed. Did he yes. ever specify why he what one was so keen on axing that project? He didn't give many specifics. All he said was that if I was to continue the redesign, it would bode poorly for a friend of his. Interesting. Yes. He didn't happen to mention who this friend was, I'm assuming. No, he didn't. But, nevertheless, I thought it would be worth bringing to your attention. Is there, uh, the plans for this particular project? Is it the entire sewer system, or is it, uh, piece by piece, as it were? Piece by piece, we will be starting with, uh, a main section here in the cistern. Um, she actually reaches into her jacket and pulls out some papers. I was able to requisition these last night as well, amid all of the turmoil, but essentially... There are a series of uh, central cisterns that make up the the core of London's sewer systems. And essentially, we were going to start with these before spiraling outward. We'd made some work in renovating them already, but we hadn't gotten far before all of this began. Hmm. Which are the ones that you com- that were done? Um, she marks off maybe two of them, but there are still many, many more to be taken care of, located at key points around, uh, the sewer system of London. Hmm. So she puts an, yeah, there are two X's through the ones that had already been taken care of, but there are maybe 15, 16 more that still need to be renovated. Any of these cisterns correlate to, like, locations we've been to before or were of importance that we've seen before? You're not sure. You Maybe with a little bit of time and investigation, you might be able to determine something. Hmm. Well, doesn't exactly ring any bells right now, but if it was that important to Montague, it must mean something's up. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it under advice. We'll keep it on eye on the situation. Thank you. Now, is there anything else that you wish to speak to us about? Uh, she shakes her head. No, but I have spoken to the commissioner... Um, Commissioner Plinkley about everything going on and I put in a word with him regarding the whole situation that if it wasn't for you I would have been killed so I understand that the board was discussing the matter of allocating new funding to your budget so after putting in a few words hopefully this will ensure that you are compensated in the best way possible for your efforts oh well that's mighty kind of you (laughs) she gives you a small smile at that you saved my life, uh, Blackmore. This is literally the least I can do. Well, I think the best thing you could do right now is to get home and get some rest. <laughs> uh, I need to get back to my family. They understandably were sick about me, but rest assured that I won't be uh, putting myself in the limelight any further to risk drawing attention to myself. <laughs> Nevertheless, I wish you and your team the best of luck, and if there's anything else you wish to discuss, know that you have somebody else on your side. I'll do that. Thank you, Miss Helms. And she nods and she offers her hand for a handshake. Yeah, I'll I'll shake her hand. Okay, and with that, um, yeah, I'll say that we can jump back to the team. So, yeah, with that, a little bit of time has gone by as you've been discussing the budget, but now... You see, see, the the mixer 
Hey, Quincy holding up a phone. See, it, 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 it claims to be $300, but actually, I believe being on sale, 200 is more reasonable. And it has multiple attachments. You see, this one grinds the garlic for you, which is very helpful, especially if we fight vampires again, you see. And uh, Quincy is going through the, uh, the uh, digital tour of what the kitchen is going to look like. Um, he is currently, he, he's currently on appliances. Adam is pursing his lips very patiently. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you're discussing this, I'll say that Blackmore gets back to you now. Yeah. Uh, and so he sees him, and I just go over to Adam, and I'm, I'm going over to Tony, and I'm like, how long has he been talking about the kitchen? 35 minutes. Oh, Lord. Oh, this is good. I think in about three or four more items, the committee will be ripe for any suggestions that are even <laughs> within the realm of relevance. This is perfect. <laughs> oh. uh, yes, the attrition approach to negotiation. <laughs> so, um, as uh, you guys are talking, um, Hightower comes up. Alright, well, the board's ready when you are, gentlemen. Wait, hasn't Quincy been talking to the board? Or has he just been, uh, like... Um, you guys have been talking to yourselves privately about uh, things that you would like to you know, propose to the board for the budget and things. Mm. All right. Um, well, so just to go over what we're looking for. So yes. Blackmore will bring up that maybe it might be a good idea to get a new, if we have like the budget to get another assistant, just because Barber is looking unbelievably stressed. And like, that's probably not healthy to put all of that paperwork of five people on one person. Mm. Uh, the... Other than that, he does like Adam's idea about, um, like getting confidential informants if that's a possibility mm-hmm. or at the very least making them report to us if they can um case then, scenario confidential human informants that are awakened or that can move within the myth community mm. yes um and then he's basically gonna turn to tony and go tony you have any uh say in this um have you considered getting proper equipment and not using small clubs as your primary weapon. Define proper gun. <laughs> well, there's this thing called a sword. It's when you sharpen a piece of metal so that it has a cutting edge. Mm. I, I feel that would be more effective against uh, da- more dangerous myths than the small clubs your, 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 <laughs> your officers implement. Yeah, well, it's a nice idea, but unfortunately, Blackmore is going to take... Uh, he asked for the, like, the, the train... The, the standard operating procedures manual he flips through a bunch of pages and then he like folds it over and hands it back to you and you see like a page that's like oh standard operating equipment uh for scotland yard members and unfortunately swords are not on that list he's like it's going to be a tight thing for swords to be offered admittedly the clubs was rather unusual situation scotland yard doesn't like to use firearm teams even less so likes actually shooting people so I understand their apprehension. Still, uh, we'll keep the swords under advisement, especially if we can get something that's a bit better at dealing with uh, myth abilities. And along that vein, you're quite talented, I noticed, at uh, crafting things on the fly. Uh, but I wonder if you could improve the equipment that we currently have and if you would uh, benefit from having better facilities or materials with which to do that. I, I suppose I could... Um, per- perhaps we don't need all eight attachment. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I could probably get by with two or three. 
just the stand mixer. The stand mm-hmm. mixer is probably the most important thing. The dough hook. Mm. <laughs> but that fresh made pasta, though. Mm. So as uh, you guys are discussing this to yourselves, uh, yeah, Hightower is looking between all of you patiently, and he seems to check his watch and just kind of furrow his brow a little bit. Uh, right, right. May as well not keep them waiting. And uh, yeah, we will head into the boardroom. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.